Good evening, everyone. I am so sorry that I'm not able to be there in person this weekend. Know that my heart is with you and I am excited to see you in November. Today, we're talking about building bridges of grace and love, and I'm going to be focusing on grace to begin. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight. It is an honor and a blessing. Lord, hide me behind your cross. Let your words fill my mouth and your presence be known. Thank you for each person in this room. Bless them, Lord. Wrap a hedge of protection around them and their families. Lord, I give you this moment. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I want to begin with defining grace. According to the Holman Bible Dictionary, grace is undeserved acceptance. Keep that word in mind, undeserved, as it will be important later on. Undeserved acceptance and love received from another, especially the characteristic attitude of God in providing salvation for sinners. We know that perfect grace comes from God alone, and that the most astounding act of grace was in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, providing a way for our salvation and for us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Grace is free. It is not earned. There is nothing we can do or not do for grace to disappear. In fact, the more we need grace, the more it is offered to us. In moments when there is no grace to be found in people, God is there offering it abundantly, and His grace is enough. Now, we are called as believers to show grace to other people, and I want to discuss the depth of grace in a moment, but I want to share a quick story first. A few of you might have already heard this if you listen to my podcast series from the summer, so please forgive me if you have. I have three amazing daughters, and when they were little, one of the battles we went through was with empty ice cube trays. I love ice cold drinks and always want ice cubes available. Now they knew this, and time and again, I would find an empty ice cube tray at the edge of the sink. I would call the girls in and ask them who left the ice cube tray empty. They would all look at each other with their bright eyes and say, not me, in unison. I would lecture for a few minutes, focusing on the importance of filling the tray, and eventually they became wise and I would open the freezer to find one ice cube in the tray. Knowing they had left this behind so they would not need to refill it, I would begin the lecture again, because they might as well have left it empty. It took me so long to realize that I was wasting time and it would be easier to fill it myself. It took even longer to realize that it wasn't really about the ice cubes. The empty tray represented the silent lessons I had learned through life experiences, that I was not heard, that I did not have a right to need anything, that my needs did not matter, that I was not loved. Now, realistically, I knew this wasn't true, but the empty tray time and again triggered those feelings. To my daughters, they must have just seen my behavior and thought I was crazy. They did not understand what was underneath. They were gracious in their responses to me. Turn with me to John chapter 4, where Jesus is about to meet a woman at the well. 
I love the story because I have been the woman at the well and I've been the person who does not understand the woman at the well. Before we begin reading, there's so many details missing from the story and I love that. There's a mystery to this woman. There's so many things we don't know. What might this woman have been through in her life? Where does the pain and shame and brokenness come from? What needs are left unmet? What things have broken her heart? We don't know this, so we look from the outside, and here's what we see. A woman who avoids others, isolates, goes by herself to draw water, does not socialize with other women. This woman has had many husbands and lives with a man who is not her husband now. We see these behaviors, and we know nothing about where they come from. We face this all the time. Lack of understanding in why people respond to triggers the way they do or why they feel something or seemingly overreact to something. The inability to comprehend the behaviors or reactions of someone who has lived a very different life than we have lived. Grace reaches beyond this lack of understanding. God knows every detail every moment in this person's life. God knows triggers and behaviors and reactions and everything in between. We are not sovereign. We do not know every detail and we are not supposed to. It is our job to show grace even when we do not understand. So let's read starting in verse 6. He had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sakar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. All right, so here's Jesus. He's tired, worn. It's hot out. But here he is, knowing this woman is going to arrive. I have to tell you, I would struggle in that moment to want to talk to anyone, let alone offer words of life to anyone. How easy is it when we are tired and worn from our own daily lives to decide we will reach out to someone another time? Not now. How difficult is it to set our alarm clocks a little bit early to pray for someone in need rather than make sure we get every possible second of sleep? We live in a fast-paced society where we cannot do enough. There just is not enough time and we are becoming exhausted from daily living. Grace moves beyond our human limitations. It is reaching deep down into the strength that can only come from the Holy Spirit and extending grace in the moments it is most difficult. All right, let's continue reading in verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because the disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. All right, let's pause again. Think of this moment from this woman's point of view. People do not talk to her. She is lonely and isolated. 
She doesn't have friends. And here is a Jew talking to her, a Samaritan. She sees how strange this is. He's breaking the social rules right now. Grace reaches beyond differences. It extends beyond the color of our skin, the cultures and countries in which we were raised, the different abilities or intellectual levels, education or social status, whether we live in a house by the beach or under a bridge, whether we identify as male, female or other, in differences of sexual orientation, no matter the sin, the lifestyle, the addiction or time served in prison, grace covers all. Grace reaches beyond every difference and breaks social rules. Now here we are, we're back at the well with Jesus, and he is about to extend grace in a big way, despite his fatigue and the social norms. So let's move to verse 11. Sir, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water I will give him will never be thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty again and come here to draw water. Listen to the desperation in her voice for a moment, the hope that she will not have to go through this dreadful routine again. In her mind, the gift she's being offered is an escape. Think of the loneliness that she must feel, the shame that must wash over her every time she goes alone to the well, the midst of the heat to draw water. Now, He's offering her a way out. Then Jesus starts bringing out some truth. Go and call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I do not have a husband, Jesus said. For you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Now stop for a moment and see what just happened. This is profound. She thinks Jesus is offering her a way to escape the reminders of her brokenness. But instead, Jesus is meeting her in her brokenness. I love that. Hear it again. She thinks she is being offered an escape from her brokenness. But Jesus is meeting her in her brokenness. He is calling it to light, drawing it out into the open so it cannot be hidden. And in the middle of her brokenness, he is showing her that she is fully known and fully loved. Grace reaches to the deepest needs of others. Instead of ignoring brokenness, trying to look the other way and pretend we don't notice, maybe not get drawn into an uncomfortable conversation. Grace meets the person in the center of their brokenness. 
We all have a need to be deeply known and deeply loved. Grace looks beyond all things, meets the person in their brokenness, and says, you are fully known and you are fully loved. Now, if we continue reading about the woman at the well, we know that when she learns that Jesus is the Messiah, the one she has been waiting for, she goes on to become an evangelist. She goes to tell everyone about what she has experienced. In grace, we share what we have received. We do not keep it to ourselves. We build the bridge of grace to cross over a lack of understanding human limitations and differences. And by doing this, we meet the person in their brokenness and allow the Spirit of Christ to move. The grace we extend draws others closer to Christ. And in that moment, another bridge is being constructed. Grace is saying, you are fully known and you are are fully loved. With that, I turn it over to Reverend Pearson. God bless you.